Storming is very real. It's when internal turmoil and lack of organization keeps your business or organization from getting to the next level. If you want to grow your business, you have to get past storming. Hello, everyone. This is Nathan, producer of the show, and this is Winning in the Workplace, where we believe that improving the professional and communication skills of executives, managers, and frontliners helps everyone to win in the workplace. This is Nathan. This is Leah. And this is Maurice. We are talking about journeying beyond the storm. Oh, what man. Are those, what are it's those like words? It's like a celebration. Yeah. It's a celebration. It's a we are celebrating the arrival of a new child. Exactly. It feels that way. So what, do, what do those words mean to you guys, journeying oh. beyond the storm? That is... that is. It means a new book. Excitement, exactly. yes. We are today announcing uh, through the first time through mass media, yeah. okay, here on the radio and in our podcast, uh, the publication of our first book. Now, how long have we been working on this? I think we said since April is really when we sat down and had the first meeting and with said, the team. let's write it. Okay. Now, it's been right. a dream and it's been on the top projects list for about two years. Oh, yes. But uh, now it's, it's well, been that's a, something it's, that it's, everyone usually you'll hear sometimes the people who get up into their golden years talking about how they wanted to write a book. That's when right. we all went ahead and y'all, y'all got it done. We y'all did it now. We did it now. Yeah. And, and I just refer to top projects. Okay. Yeah. And that's actually what a lot of this book's about is how to create the level of organization and management within companies to help things move forward, okay? Okay. Because what are we trying to solve? We're trying to solve the issue of storming. Right. And we can talk a little bit more about what that is. Let's not give up the ghost quite yet. Okay, but that's what what it's all about. So, So, yes, we had it on our dream list. Yeah. Several years back that we wanted to write a book, that we needed to write a book. Ooh, yeah, right? uh, but that was put, really the next step in yeah, the it, in our progress of workshops, and that's seminars, right. and getting the word out to everyone. And so we 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 we've been writing with writing different copy, but we sat down in April and we pushed it out. And here we have to I have to thank uh, other than us three involved and you know our, our family, we have to thank uh, the two key players in this, Brian Daigle from Sequitur. He's also from Mud, Mud, uh, Mud, House. Mud House Publishing, uh, who helped us and guided us and coached us and helped us we'll go from the beginning to end. Uh, so if you need your book published, contact Brian Daigle at Mud House Publishing. Fantastic. And secondly, um, uh, Kelsey Davis, our graphic designer, she was instrumental from the beginning to the end, from the inside cover to the outside cover. If you like the cover, uh, if you like the book, the layout, Kelsey Davis is a fantastic talent. If you need any graphic Great design graphic work, designer. contact us. Fantastic work. Which uh, you'll be able to recognize it is a yellow book. You've got a little dark cloud on there with a <laughs> yeah, lightning bolt. That's a right. traveling guide for executives and managers by Maurice Velasquez. So let me start before we start getting into the book. Sure. Maurice, uh, just in general, where did you or however many of you worked on the book, what was the process like in... Let's just talk about the creating of the book. How? Where did you guys start? Um, we started with trying to figure out what the message was going to be. Yeah. Um, 
do we want the book to be an instructional kind of book or do we want to make it more of a story kind of like who moved my cheese? Mm -hmm. Do we we want to make it more of a 200 page book? Do we want to make it into a short book to read? Yeah. We have to first figure out the format, the size. And I think Uh, it's important to let people know that this is something that is probably I, okay, if you saw those new iPhones, this is smaller than the new iPhones. It is. Yeah. It is so, a, you it, can carry it around very easily. Well, That's well, true. Brian and I sat down. Brian sat me down at coffee uh, at CC's, uh, our local co- coffee shop, and and uh, and he said, "All right, Maurice, I've seen you write a lot, and I see your workbooks, and I see the things, the blocks that you're putting. I, I like the way you have short messages. Yeah, if you could put ten of those messages together." You think you could do that? And I said, well, yeah. Well, what what do you think the most important message is to get out? And see, that's what helped me out is mm. saying, okay, wow. Finding the nucleus of Finding the, the nucleus of what Maurice is all about. And what he said is you, your first book want, needs to be that book, that message, that that's the only book you're going to write. Okay. Don't think, oh, this will be the first of a series. We can do that. But you may never get to book two. Yeah. Okay. You never so know. Something, could something may happen. You get the proverbial truck comes in, right? What's the book that you want to say? This is what Maurice and Team Reward were all about. And I said, okay, I think I know which blocks to put together. So then we started putting the blocks. Yeah. But if you know me, it became 12 blocks, 14 blocks, 18 blocks. And I started just making it big. Yeah. All right. And then I started sharing with my clients that I was doing this and I was getting them copies of manuscripts and one client, okay, Flynn Foster at the uh, dear friend at uh, Guarantee Group, he had, he had um, around the same time, he, uh, in talking with him, he leaned over and grabbed a book uh, that, he was, that he was about to pass out to his managers from Harvard Press. Mm, yeah. And he said, no, look here, this size. Okay, and then he gave me 15 copies of a little handful of books to pass out to his managers that he loved and wrote and bought. And I'm walking down the hall because I'm going to give him give to all the managers. And I'm saying, going, that's a great size, man. It's very tiny. It's a very, right. it's, and, and we all read that Harvard press release book in less than 35 minutes. And that's what the clincher was for me. It's got, it's got to be an easy, quick read. Yeah. And you know me, I can't do anything easy. I can't say my last name in 20 minutes. And so to bring the meshes down to that, that was the biggest challenge. Right, that took us a long that time. That took us a long time. A lot of right. rewrites, but it was very helpful because the more that you honed in on it, the better the message got. Hmm. And then it was like, no, we don't want to say that. No, that that's secondary. No, that's, the, you know, and we just brought down, like you said, what is the nucleus of it? So having an idea of what the size of the book is going to be and having an idea of the number of the number of pages mm-hmm. is what helps you build the message. Yeah, and uh, and then a lot. Then I shared the idea with a lot of clients, and they also gave me a lot of input. That, yeah, Maurice, look, if you want owners to read this, don't make it a big book. I feel like you could probably, you know? if you have two hours, is that plenty of time? I feel like that'd be plenty of time. Um, actually, in a slow read, no more than forty-four minutes. Right, we're nice. saying yeah. 45 Okay. Minutes. Yeah. Okay, so what is, uh, and I think we can spend the rest of this segment here and then get more into the book in the sure. next one. What uh, did you guys realize is the nucleus, the thing that you were going to write about? How? What is that, and how did you discover, like, this is, when did you discover, <laughs> that's it? Yeah, that's the one we're going to lock <laughs> in on. Yeah, I looked at each other for, like, so many meetings. Okay, I think we need to write about the rhythm of meetings. No, let's talk about DISC, personalities. No, 
we, you know what I'm saying? Trying yeah. to figure out what it is. Um, but what I think, you know, give me your thoughts, but I think what happened is, is as we talk to clients, as I talk to clients more and more, I realize that my sales pitch, when I explain to them, what is it that team world does, it always went back to the issue of internal turmoil yeah. or internal right. lack of organization in which the leaders and the managers can't seem to get on the same page as to who does what. I thought you were gonna do this, I thought that, you know, and then that causes the executives to get dragged into the minutia. That makes the managers get frustrated, you know, and, and all that turmoil right. is what we normally tell folks, that's what we do, you know, and then. The, well, and that's what we hear from clients all the time. Yeah. This is this is the problem and we're constantly talking about it. So we said, well, if that's what every company is dealing with, that's what we're gonna need to talk about. In but that book. didn't mean we, we came up with a title because then we figured out the title was that tough. Took forever too. Okay, the, but the message, the nucleus of the message, we said, okay, well, yeah, the message is that. That's the message. We, yeah. we, we have to write a book or something easy that addresses that. Hmm. And then we went through kind of like a name, naming children, 50 different titles uh, over and over until covers and titles and and it was a really good collaborative discussion between all of us uh kelsey was very involved jan uh you were even very influential on that and then the one that helped us bring that to the finish line was brian so brian has been uh, so so involved as our publisher to help us not get stuck and say okay no guys no no you're thinking of it wrong so almost like we help clients get out of storming he was our consultant to help us get through the next level. And he's the one that threw up, threw out several ideas and then one of them was journeying beyond the storm. And it's been, it, it has just hit like right right on the spot. So storming itself, why don't we talk a little bit about what that is? Sure, storming. sure, yeah. sure. Uh, on the back of the book, it says storming is real. It's when internal turmoil keeps the business from getting to the next level. If you want to grow your business, you have to get past storming. So there's usually uh, turmoil can be either negative or po- ne- negative or, or 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 positive. Okay. okay, right. So turmoil is usually more the negative side of of conflict or internal tension. The mm-hmm. other side is simply lack of organization. Half of the teams we work with, they're getting along fine. They really are. Uh, it's a great culture. They just need to know how to get to the next level because they're just too disorganized. Okay, okay. yeah. Uh, turmoil is when that's gotten, oh, that's be, become too long and now it's gotten into conflict of personalities or bother, you know, there, there, there's now negative elements. It's not helping anymore. It's not helping because folks are becoming more and more unprofessional and some people cross blinds. And so turmoil or lack of disorganization is what, what storming is all about. Okay. The term was coined by, um, I actually quoted in the book, right. by Bruce Tuckman. Mm. He did a study um, uh, uh, 40, 50 years ago in which he described that teams go through the same stages all the time. Okay. okay. In order for you to be a good manager, you have to recognize what stage your team is in so you can manage them accordingly and you don't manage them the same way in, in the difference in the different phases. And he said that the phase that most companies get stuck in all the time and can never get out of is storming. And that's, it usually happens when uh, a team grows, 
they do a fantastic job of creating growth, creating opportunities. They, you know, mom and pop shop, everybody right. just, you know, really pulling in their weight, everybody, you know, giving 130 to 30% effort, and they just get this thing off the ground two, three, four, five, six, seven years later. Bam. They get into, into this quagmire called storming in which they're growing so fast that now things just don't work anymore. And that's because they've overgrown their processes. Uh, they have more people involved. There's more opinions. There's more disagreements. And things just aren't as easy as they once were. After a while of being in storming, it becomes difficult to grow. And it's really. And that's what companies just get stuck in storming. So you got the book is to say, all right, what do you do when you're storming and how to get out into the next level? So it's impossible really to not be going through or having gone through this before. Like you're, this is something that inevitably happens in, to every company, right? Storming. Yes. yes, it does. Storming is in every company. And, and like Maurice was saying, it depends on. Is it going to happen early? Like how fast do you grow? It can happen very quickly. If you start your company, you grow very quickly. Uh, it happens in huge corporate businesses. They, you know, you add managers, you add departments, and it's going to happen then. Okay, and that is, uh, that is usually the, the biggest realization that managers and business owners have to get to is that most of the time they try to avoid storming. Okay. Look, we hired a good team. Y'all just get along figure it out, and be happy you have a job. And that level of approach, we actually address that attitude in the back right. of the book. That attitude assumes that storming is not natural. And so we like just- Like it's mean, like kids fighting. Yeah. You just have to stop it. That, well, that's, that's the problem. The problem is managers have been treating conflict that way to where it's now you just have a, a, a knee-jerk reaction. So what Leah's saying is very true. It's very natural. Uh, so you have good storming and bad storming. So okay. all companies, all teams have to have stormy because their disagreements happen. It's just whether you get to be professional about it and creative, a collaborative approach of decision-making or it becomes dictatorial. Okay. Remember we talked right, we talked the about show. That yeah. last week. And so usually storming creates the dictatorial uh, approach, but everybody yearns for the collaborative approach. Hmm. And so the book gets into how to get out of storming by learning how to be more collaborative with each other. Um, now, once you get past storming, you are, you know, things are going well, then you're more aligned and sure enough, what's going to happen two months to, you know, eight months from now. Yeah. You'll, you'll grow more, you'll, you'll change things and then those will cause problems. That's right. Because every time you hire new people and grow new products, you're bringing new changes. So unless you know how to have certain conversations on an ongoing basis, all you're doing is kicking the can. Right. And there's some good, good illustrations in the book that actually show right. yeah. how it happens. You know, you can be storming, then you're going to growth. There's growth and then storming will happen again. So right. the, the drawings are real good in the book. That so, show you that. yeah. So instead of kicking the can and hoping uh, that it won't happen and it is going to happen, um, because when you kick the can, by the time you get to storming, it's so big that it just it's difficult to get out of. So instead of doing that, just learn to have the disciplines that we teach in the book. If you if you if you have the disciplines in the book and you use the tools of the book, you will minimize storming because you're not kicking the can down for conflict later. You're actually addressing conflict now in a healthy, collaborative way. And does it, the disciplines that you talk about in the book, does it make it so that if we're at a certain point in our growth right now and we kick the can for 10 months and now we have a whole new set of problems that are different than the ones we had before, 
the book will be able to take me through any type of real change that I'm going through. Oh yeah, it, I mean, yeah. as small as it is. As a matter of fact, we sat with a client uh, with a, with a, with a, uh, one of our clients yesterday, and um, and we gave her a copy of the book, and she looked through it, and she uh, she she got to this part where she said, uh, "Okay, I get it. All right," and she said, "So basically, what I just need to always be asking is not." What's going on? Why did that happen? What I need to be asking is, where are the top projects? Mm, okay. Okay. Who's got the latest game plan on this thing? Right. It's not vague. The not vague, you know. Yeah. And who's got the report, the status report on that? Mm, okay. Right. And then the notes and agendas. Who was assigned that? So you, what you do is you focus on mastering the use of four or five basic tools. And if everyone agrees, these are the tools, and we're just going to get ourselves disciplined to use these tools, Nathan, so much gets cleaned up, like within weeks. And we're seeing what used to take us months to explain to clients by just reading the manuscript. A lot of our clients have gone, man, you guys should have written this a long time ago. Right. You know, because it gives them the questions, it gives them the things the to tools. ask for. And, and it's really simple. Top projects game plans, which includes processes, the notes and agendas of meetings, and progress reports. Those are the four. Right. Now, in there, you'll tie in another one, but you, it's your organizational chart. Okay, okay, and you go more into what each of these are and how you create these in, in the book? In the book. Okay. And, and actually, the, there's a whole section on, we call it the GPS, the, 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 the GPS, GPS guide. guides, the, okay. the maps. You know, you go on a road, what's the first thing you pull out? Your GPS. GPS. And if your you don't pull out your GPS, yeah. then so your maps are the ones that keep you on the road. Mm. All right. But if you're reading one GPS and I'm reading a different GPS and we're not going the same direction, it doesn't matter if you have a GPS or not. Yeah. Right. So the key direction. thing is who's got the latest, most accurate version of that file. And it's normally on someone's email or someone's this and no one's got the right version. So in the book, we even tell you how to use shared documents. Okay. All so right. that when somebody tool. updates it, then everyone knows where it is and everyone knows they're looking at the same doc. It's at the same document. Cause what we hear about all the time is we just can't get everybody on the same page. And we joke around and say, what do you have the page printed? Have you, you have even page? printed the page? Okay. And that's the problem. We're all working from documents, but we can't seem to all agree on the documents. Okay. It's not lack of effort that we find across companies. It's lack of alignment on, on someone's effort. Now, what I liked about the book is that um, sometimes whenever you get something like this, you just expect it might just be instructions, someone just writing down what is in their workbook, make it a lot smaller. But right. there's a lot of uh, allusions to different things in order to make it more. It is a fun read. It's a fun read because it's not just the uh, the bland info that you might expect from just someone that wants to lecture you about what they want to talk about. So why don't y'all talk a <laughs> little bit about, because you've got a highway, it's mainly about going on a journey. Like it, it's right. not just the title. It's right. really what's right. going on in the right. book. So how did y'all first uh, decide that that was the construction y'all were going to go with in writing the book? Because how did you, yeah, how did yeah, y'all decide we, that? We use the analogy of the highway a lot in our workshops. Uh uh, and it, but it didn't hit us until later that that's what we should be using for the book. Oh, okay. Uh, we tried a lot of different allegories and a lot of different stories, 
And again, I have to just say, Brian was just fantastic in this. He's very good. And he's like, wait, hold on. And then he started asking us some questions and we're like, well, yeah, that's what, you know. So well, the, we were using different analogies and then that's when we kind of honed mixing them. it in. Oh, yeah, okay. There was some mixture Anal- of analogies. Yeah, rough with analogies. And he sometimes. was like, don't do that. Don't do that. As much as much as cool as it might sound, that, that sounds like a horror flick. Right? Oh, y'all are wanting to like... Y'all had a few analogies, and you would say, "We'll just use analogy right. A, and then maybe go yeah. to B and right. then C." Right, and then, and then when we finally honed in that it should be a journey, then we started honing in. Does okay? Are you in a car traveling, or are you in a cruise right. ship? What journey? Because are you you're on? using different language, and you're going to confuse people. And we're like, "Okay, you're right." So, so the, the 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 story is of a group of people on a journey. Okay, um, and then trying to figure out how to make not only the arrival pleasant and and effective but the journey itself uh, and that's what that's what that's what the problem is is that is that oftentimes i'll just tell you yeah, we're not going to get into marriage therapy but we all know how difficult vacations are not so much of what happens at the event right. disney but the journey there and the journey back yeah, you know, what happens in the car wrong. and what happens in the airport and what happens around the vacation is what ruins vacations. Yeah. Right. Well, you could actually take this and simply address the same issue. And so we took the analogy of a, of a group of people on a, on a highway um, and the effects of a highway system that is well built to help information go from one state, one part of the country to another. So, um, w- so whenever I'm on the highway, yeah. what is, uh, what does that mean? Where, what does that symbolize? Sure, sure, sure. Uh, what we said in the book is that prior to the 1950s, when, uh, the president and Congress authorized the national highway system that we call as the interstate, America had grown to being a powerhouse. Now let's remember that because that's very important. Right. America grew to be a world powerhouse without an interstate system. That right. is weird to think about. That's yeah. right. See, it's hard for us to think about this. Is the railroad? How, how did that happen? Well, see, that's how effective we were. I mean, you see, what I'm saying, as a country, we were tremendously effective using this huge plot of land that allowed us to be creative and get to a place where we were world dominant leaders. We had just won uh, World War One and World War Two. Okay, so we we did it without an interstate system. That's impressive. But now we had a bigger challenge. We were now in a new era, and it required for a new system to get us to the next level. Yeah, that's that that's the issue. Is companies usually get to a place to where they're growing, but but if they don't come up with a better way to transfer ideas and decisions back to each other, you're going to stay stuck on highway systems that are just no longer serving the need of faster, faster movement of stuff. Thus the analogy in the book about building, recognizing that you have to build a different decision-making process. So instead of, so does that make sense? So yeah, what are you saying? Like uh, the highway is almost like a form of communication or it how is. you're going it to is. communicate. Right. It is. It, okay. Yeah. And like as your company grows, you have to add a lane and add a lane. I know right now we're s- communication is so congested on the highways here in Baton Rouge. They're looking to add another lane because right. it takes forever to get anything done. Right. right. And, and uh, the key is to make the transition from being completely informal, mom and pop, yeah. less of air, to building a little more structure, not completely formal, but building some structure into your communications. 
So that's what the highway system is, is, is being able to say, all right, guys, we, we got to talk about that. Our meeting's tomorrow at 2 o'clock. We'll talk about it there. And see, the discipline of saying that instead of everybody running into each other's office and saying, you got five minutes, you got five minutes, hallway conversation here, hallway conversation there, email here, email there, three people got left out, four, four others weren't told, three people know what the answer is, and then an announcement happens. Well, and having the confidence when you go into that meeting that it's going to be on the agenda. That's right. Well, the, And the, you will the, talk you're about gonna it. You're going to talk about yeah. it. And someone will make sure you talk about it. And then there's notes afterwards that the task will get done. Yeah, she, Lee and I were with a client and they told us that, yeah, we have agendas, but we talk about everything else except what's on the agendas. But, but at least they're trying. Yeah, yeah, at yeah. At least they're trying. At least but they're that, using the that's terminology. Right. That's, that's right. right. So, so it's becoming more formal about conversations so that we can all create that one page that gives us alignment. Because when everything's so loose, it doesn't mean you can't be productive. Again, just because a highway system is a little more loose doesn't mean you can't be a powerhouse. It just means that if you need to get to the next level, the first thing to look at is your communication styles and how are you, are, do you have any kind of formal conversations or is it all just informal? What we say in the book is set up three or four key meetings, put them on the calendar, let those meetings be where you carry the vast majority of your organizing and make sure the documents, the tools that we teach you how to use are the ones that keep everybody focused. Now, when you get out of the meeting, all the informal conversations happen. Right. Okay. But those informal conversations are being guided and governed by those documents. Yeah. So you can get disorganized every, every 24 hours. If you want, you can create informality all you want. That's we're not, we're not saying that you shouldn't. The book actually says you need to, you need to be informal and all over the place. Mm. But every once in a while, once a week, what do you do? You get organized and you as a team get on the same page again to make sure you can track what happened last week. What are we doing this week? And what are we going to plan the next two weeks? And man, when you talk to executives and business owners and manage in that language, they're like, you, yeah, but that's impossible. We've tried that and it doesn't work. Well, the problem is that they haven't tried it as a team. They didn't all read the book at the same time. They didn't go to the training at the same time. And they tried it at different times. We say it only works if you all try it at the same time as a team. Right. If you don't, it creates more storming. You're just going to create more storming and and frustrate people as well. And if you stop, I mean, does that just pretty much, it's like you've come up on a part of the highway that's on construction. Does things just start falling apart? The communication starts dying? I I, I don't have time for these meetings anymore. Well, things are still going to happen, but they're just going to fall apart. Well, and also I read whenever y'all were in here that y'all talked about the travelers. How do the travelers yeah. work in to, uh, to the story? Yeah, the, uh, the travelers is uh, who gets to do what. So the top projects should be governed and primarily driven by the executives. Yeah. Okay. The game plans should be governed and drafted by the managers. You see that, you see that right yeah. there is a major difference. So when you come into a meeting and we're going to talk about big picture and what are we going to do, and then, then that's the top projects document. The executives need to be in that meeting, get them in there and pick their brains. Okay. Now, how to get that organized, get the executives out of the building, not out of the, out of the room, and right. let the managers have that conversation and they build game plan documents around those top projects. So if you tell the travelers, look, your role is to do this. Kind of like when Leah 
organizes this in Disney World. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Here's what you're going to do. Y'all go over here. Y'all come over here. Y'all carry the water. You do this. You, know, you, you have to assign tasks to the different travelers. Okay. And so the travelers are the executives, the managers, and the frontliners. And the frontliners are the ones that get to implement the game plans. What it, what was what were the parts of the book that y'all liked most about? That's a good the question. Yeah, what, what was your favorite? Uh, mine was the highway. I thought that analogy was incredible. I loved just a little bit of the back history on how the highway was actually founded and built. I do like the, that it goes into that. It, it gives like it a that. really nice context. It's yeah, cool. Cool. Yeah. And and I just love the fact that it you can visualize it making your job and your life so much easier at work. Gosh, I struggle between the two, but I, I'll tell you two and I'll bullet under one. The, the front part where we explain storming and the tools when we get into the actual documents, those are my, because I usually find that if, when, I, when we help clients realize those two, they go, you know, uh, but actually between the two, without a doubt, my favorite one is the tools, the actual GPS maps. Or there are a few appendixes in the back of the book. Right, right. It gives you some nice tools that you can go through. So yeah. can we go through what yeah. some of those are? Yeah. So first, the first one is kind of what we ended the last segment with was the self-assessment. So the first appendix we have is the self-assessment where you can go take it. You write in the book, and we have. So if you don't get the card, you don't want to do it online. When you get the book, you can take the assessment and fill out the assessment right there. Well, and let me just say, there is actually a really cool assessment on the website if you want to take that. Yes, forgot to say that. www.teamrealworld.com. Go to the top tab. Storming self assessment. There you go. Or you go to the top where it says the book, and you go to the one page dedicated to the book and scroll down, and you'll find the assessment. Okay. Yeah, I'm. It's free of charge. The assessment and uh, which what, it'll give you your score. Yeah, and tell it's, you what you the what way you to the way to use that. If you're a director of operations, have uh, have your team members, um, or sorry, your your department managers do their an assessment of how much they think their department is in storming. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And then eventually, you can also ask everybody to do an assessment on the whole company wide. And when you take it, you share the results with each other and then compile those together. And if you want to know how to do that, give us a call. But that's how you can use it. It's free of charge. You save yourself a lot of money by doing that. Yes, you yeah, do. You come, we come in and you have it in your assessments. It's going to cost you more to do for us. Right, do. and we so, do the assessments. So yes. a lot of times, just go do the assessments, get the assessments results, give us the assessments results, and we can get started a whole lot faster and get, get a lot more done than if you don't. But, but either way, it's right there in Appendix A. Appendix A, right. And then we go to Appendix B. Uh, disciplines and routines. I love Appendix B. I'm sorry That's to say, I, apps, I, th- I think it I, opens up with Steve Jobs. Yes. I. How many times have we watched, shown? I think we could. I think we could say this entire two minute appendix. It's a fantastic two minute transcript of a short video interview that uh, the Steve Jobs did about a year before he died, mm-hmm. uh, and where he explains. Um, how to run a how to run a team? How to how to manage teams? How to manage projects? How to stay on the same page? And how they do it at Apple? Right. Which is pretty much listening to the one guy that has the big ideas. That's pretty much. That's, it. <laughs> that's right. That's right. That's right. And uh, and so his his comments complement a lot of what we wrote in the book. Yeah. Because he talks about being on the same page, meeting on a regular basis, touching points regularly, holding each other accountable, how to have meetings. So and people think Steve Jobs, you think enormous Apple, but that's not how he really ran his company. So it's very easy for small businesses when you read this to look at right. it. And say, okay, it's got that's, nothing. That's right. right. It's that's very right. easy to follow. It's got nothing to do with the size of your company. It doesn't Absolutely matter. You have not. people. You need those disciplines. So in Appendix B, we outline. We give you the transcript. We actually give you the link to the video. 
okay. two-minute video, but we also give you the transcript if you want to read it. And then at the end of that appendix, we actually break it down into an outline form of how of how uh, Steve Jobs laid it out. And you can actually compare his notes to our notes, and you'll see it's it, they're right, very, so compatible, very compatible. Right. What would you say is uh, one of maybe the biggest takeaway that may, maybe it's different for each of you, but in that yeah. one, cause it is, it is interesting. Like sometimes it can be tough, it, especially nowadays in the tech world. Steve jobs is, you know, a dangerous one to, to go near cause he's kind of mythical. So what, yeah. what do you, what's I, y'all's takeaway from what he does? I think mine is, and I see a lot of people when they come to our classes say this as well, uh, that ideas have to win whenever he says that it's, uh, that it's ideas about ideas. To. It's not about hierarchy. Because he's Steve Jobs. So whoever I mean, has so the best, the best idea, idea. instead of like the his, person with the biggest ego or the loudest is, voice. Ideas right. trump hierarchy. Okay. The bosses don't run the place. Ideas run the place. So you have to have a respect for ideas. Okay. You what would to, you would you say yours is the same or what? Was there another one? Did you, no, that was, that's that was my it? favorite. Yes. Um, gosh, I'm sorry. There's two. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. Okay. One of them is where he talks about what teamwork is, uh. and he says he defines teamwork as. Uh, being able to trust one another to come through with what you said you were going to do without being on top of each other all the time. Mm. You know, and, and you think about it, that's a wow statement because if I, tr- if, if I, if you say you're going to do something at a meeting and then you don't do it, I lose trust in you. And then if we start yeah. losing trust with each other, then this whole team teamwork fails. It is funny how it will be right. like, there are big things that can break down communication in the way that people run a company, right. but it can also be, like just like that, something that feels small, like just maybe just, just that. being one week late on a project. Just that. That's right. right. And so, but what he doesn't get into is, well, how do we, how do we govern, how do we control that? Yeah. And that's how we get into the book. What's well, called notes and agendas. What did everybody say at one meeting that we have to hold you accountable for? It's the discipline of documenting. It's the discipline of. So that's my, one of my favorite quotes. Then the other quote is where they ask him, "Yeah, but do you, but do you get to participate in the meetings?" And he said, "Yes, I do." He says, "Well, does everybody agree with you?" And he said, "Well, no, no. Actually, we have a lot of great." And he was going to say fights. You can almost tell he says fights. You know, he says we have a lot of great disagreements. He said because you have to let your people make decisions. And if you don't let your people make the decisions, your good people are going to leave. Okay? And that to me is the most wild statement I have ever heard in in business. And for us, it has transformed us. Okay? I love to come up with ideas. Okay? But as I'm trying to apply this in my own life, the most important thing that I can do is set up an environment where ideas can flourish and others can make decisions. The book is an example of that. Most of the book was decided upon by my team members. You know what I'm saying? But I contributed. Why would I not contribute? That's what he says at the end of his, well, of course I'd contribute. Okay, why would I not? Why would I be there if I didn't? But this came about through a series of well-facilitated meetings. So that's one of my favorite quotes. Which is pretty much the collaborative style. Of that is the collaborative yes. style. Correct. All right, yes. let's, let's go to the next one. And appendix. so the last one, let's see. Oh, I think we have two more. There's yeah, one about more. guidelines, meetings, notes, and agendas. So like that we talked about earlier, these are the, the, the maps that you're using to go through the highway, right? No, the maps are the documents. Oh, okay. The right. highway are the meetings. The uh-huh. meetings are the ones that keep you aligned. Okay. That's the highway. So, so we, yeah, Appendix C is a, just, it's a really good informative step-by-step guideline on meetings, like what you need to have, like start on time. Some very simple. So a checklist, like I'm a, I'm a good employee if I bring all the stuff that's in this appendix. Well, oh, it, man. Yes. You know how I many people we talked to? Oh, yeah, well, we keep notes. Okay, but do those notes go out to everybody? Oh, well, no. 
Well, well why'd you take? So we actually tell you the, the when to send the notes out, you know, and when to send the agendas out. Okay. Oh, that's really helpful. It really is cool. Well, yeah. then Appendix D, those would then be. Oh, yeah. Right. Those are the sample documents. Okay. So what, have, what does an agenda look like? Well, look, we even give you pictures of what yeah, it looks like. And if you go to our link where we gave you in the book, you, you don't can get in trouble from copying this stuff, do you? Like no. building this stuff based on Absolutely stuff in not. the book? No, you, well, you, it's, it's our material that we're giving it away to you. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, if you go to our website, teamerworld.com, Go to the online and subscribe there. You can you can download all these. Yeah. Okay. So what, if them. so if you want to know how to how to what's the format you should for game plans, there it is. If you want to know a game plan on how to do top projects, there's your template. It's on Word and in the PDF files, uh, notes, agendas, as well as progress reports. Right. So you it's know? it's so a great tool. So, you so it's a great tool. But yeah, on the back, one of the one of the one of our clients that spawns that that endorsed the book, his last work. This is a great toolbox, and I appreciate yeah. him so much saying that. You, you know, it's a great toolbox. It we, is. We we pa- we packed a lot of um, in, into a small area, but it, this is all very practical. It is very oh, practical. It's a very practical book. Well, it must be exciting. You guys seem excited about the book coming yes. out. It'll be. I'm sure y'all. I guess we can follow y'all social media. Follow you guys on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram to That's be right. kept up with the progress of That's the right. book. Yes, and definitely your next step would be the webinar that we're going to have. We have actually two in October. Two, uh, on Tuesday, October 9th, we're going to do one. On Wednesday, the 10th, we'll do one and go definitely more in depth and answer all your questions. Okay, so let me see. Would it be a good idea? It would be a good idea like if I go to your workshops to bring the book with me. Yes, absolutely. absolutely. Okay. Yeah. You don't have one, we'll, we'll get you one. We got, right. bo- we got boxes now. Yes. <laughs> well, also remember that you can catch, if you're listening on the radio, you can catch the Winning in the Workplace podcast on iTunes and SoundCloud. And if we want to get in touch with you guys, where can we reach you? Yeah, at teamrealworld.com or call us at 225-772-4357. Well, thank you guys very much. The book is Journeying Beyond the Storm, a traveling guide for executives and managers. This has been Winning in the Workplace. Powered, powered by, by Team Real World. World.